0: excited hello everybody it's my music sponsored by the wonderful analog trash as you can see down the bottom now today it's a little bit different because i'm going to be speaking to jack here who does the same sort of thing as me what's what's all that about we're going to find out what it's like to interview people and talk a bit about that first though you've got to sit through this video because it's brilliant under no illusion Jack that although we may look like we're sitting in very warm studios it's freezing outside and actually I've lit a fire under my desk as we speak so is that a euphemism yeah <laughs> so if I so if I burn during this uh during this interview that's just that's just the way it is um now look I found you on the interweb because I just interviewed Kieran from the Sherlocks you did a similar thing. You had mm-hmm. them on. Um, you were announcing as well that they just released their single, Sirens, etc. We yeah. get to do this. We get to interview people who have made music or have done something significant.
1: It's brilliant, isn't it? I mean, it's, yeah, it's a privilege, uh, definitely. And I think it's it's all art. It's All of it's art. I think you should consider it. I sound like Matt Healy. It's all art, and I do make art, thank you very much. Um, now, I, I think it's, it is. It's amazing that, like, you get to sit with these people and discuss how they've created something that they're, that's really private a lot of the time, because I think a lot of music does start as something quite private, something in the bedroom, something only they've thought about and released, and suddenly they're going, right, I'm, I'm giving it to everyone, and that's quite daunting anyway. That's a bit bare-chested. And then we come in and we pick it apart as well, um, so yeah it's, it's always really nice yeah
0: it's interesting that you've picked up on that fact isn't it because as you say the thing is that a lot of people looking inwards on all of this from the outside will only see it right at the end of the process where at that point everybody wants in the in the proceedings of this want you to then see it Right, because mm. it's important because if, if you don't see it and you don't get invested in it, they won't sell anything. No. So at that point, where you see these little videos of the guys in the studio and it's like looks like they've
1: knocked this up in five minutes, that ain't the reality. <laughs> and having no. been, you know. I always find it amazing when you talk to artists and you go, So how'd you come up with this one? And they sort of go, Well, actually, <laughs> this has been, I've had this kicking around for about five years and you're like, wow. Um, and sometimes some of the better songs are like that. You know, you hear about people that can write a song and it like it takes two minutes. And and I think that can happen. I think that's a reality, but I always find it really interesting when stuff's taken forever to make and you're like, why is it taking so long? And, and the hurdles that have gone to get it made and just the people behind the music, I, I find that really interesting. And I always think that that's, that's my favourite bit, is getting to know people. Yeah. Um, that Yeah, I, I find it exciting And you mean all those people in that
0: process as well. Yeah. Because right? that's the really interesting thing, because when you talk to a band about, or an artist about, you know, how this song's given birth, quite often in that story, there will be, you know, oh, and my mum said this, and and then, you know, I met Jack, and Jack Jack owned this shop, and then he he told me this story about this, and then that kind of went in and sat there for ages, and then and then one day this happened, and then that happened, and then and then even when they get to the studio, it's like, you know, and we had the kind of bare bones of this, but then we got this engineering, and he did this, and the producer, you know, said, well, what about this? And you think, wow. There's so much involved in getting
1: that out to the point where we hear this, mm. you know? So yeah. much involved. It's mad. And I think it's... Um, Seven things is just a band that got the song ready to go and record and it's done in an hour. Uh, but no, I think it's magic. And I, I think getting to know the people behind the music and why they do it, I love to know what makes people tick. It's always been a really like... I mean, I did a psychology degree, so maybe it stemmed from that. But I always enjoy hearing about why they've chosen to make music, why they feel they want to get something out, what message they want to convey. Because I feel like even if you take a different message away when you're listening to it than what an artist intended, I think as long as they've put a strong enough part of themselves into the music, it's going to connect with people. So it's always nice to hear what they put into it and then you can compare it with what people get out. I find that fascinating. Now that's really
0: interesting you did a psychology degree because I did yeah. a degree in communication studies, but my major was in psychology at the end. So maybe there's something there in terms of the kind of thinking process that goes in. That I hope so. makes
1: us good at this sort of stuff. You know. Yeah. I mean I, I hope. Sorry. Sorry, I I was just going to say I hope so because otherwise I've just it's a lot of debt for nothing. I've never used that degree in any other capacity. (laughs) Uh, I do a I do a poll on LinkedIn,
0: which you know Mm. it's not for everybody. Um, I mean LinkedIn as a
1: platform. Oh, I've I've forgotten my login, mate. It says I'm a rock on there. I made it when I just left (laughs) uni. I don't know how to get back on, so I'm terrified Uh, of it. Really, I've never been on.
0: I, I, you know, I do all right. I've got about twenty thousand people following me now. On, on the- oh, all right, clan, clan, doing all right, clang, clang.
1: Do you know what, Greg? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. But one of the reasons I do a I do a poll every single morning, every single morning without fail. And one of the reasons I do a poll is I I play with people in that poll as well. Quite often, I will talk about something within the post setting itself when the when the poll comes out the poll might not even relate to the rest of the post right there may be a a disconnect between the two and i'm really i'm fascinated by things like q methodology i'm fascinated by not necessarily what people put as an answer but why have they put that answer do you know what i mean yeah do you know and do you get that when you're interviewing people as well you're not necessarily the, the first answer that someone gives you're not necessarily interested in that you're interested in what lies behind that
1: and yeah. so you're always one step ahead well i yeah i think that's that's the case i think in terms of interviewing i think it's it's not necessarily what it used to be i don't think we're trying to grab the headlines anymore. It used to be, you go in, you do an interview, you, you wanted to get them saying something outrageous. You wanted the Gallagher moment. You yeah. want that soundbite. And we're I the don't best think... rock and roll band in Britain. And that used to be it. But the problem is yeah. that's what every band that thinks really <laughs> like, and if you don't think that, then why are you in the band? Of course you think you're the best band. You have to have that confidence in yourself at some point, or at least be proud of what you're doing. So yeah. it's actually not that different. So, I think now what people want is the real people behind the the music. They want reality. And I I think these punching, big statement stuff, it's it's a bit of a drop in the water. But you come forward and you're honest and you're open. Suddenly that's like, oh, wow. It's like if you look at the progression of Liam Gallagher interviews, the ones in the 90s were Stock Point. He was carrying a can. It wasn't real. And then they did that amazing one where they, they took him for a walk in a park and he just chatted through questions. And I was like, This is this is totally him. different. <laughs> yeah, this is actually him finally. And, and it was still had the the quirkiness, you know, the, the the Manchester wit, the swagger. But it was him in reality and you sort of felt like you got to know the real person. So yeah, I think times have changed in the last ten years in terms of interviews and what we want from an artist, just because of the way social media works.
0: Yeah. I and I'm guessing sort of the whole Britpop era in a way was so over the top and so exaggerated in in the way that, you know, the, the battle dr- the battle lines are drawn, it's this side or that side, and, you know, everything was kind of over-egged in order to, to make it sound so exciting that I think we probably got to the end of it and went, right, really? I think a lot of people that were involved in it got to the end of it and thought, what the hell was that all about?
1: Yeah, I I think we put artists too much on a pedestal at one point, in a way. We made them so unobtainable. Like it was it was what everyone aspired to be and everyone wanted to be. And then suddenly we're kind of at the opposite now. We're like, we're all in this together. Like I mean, I've I listened to interviews like Jarvis Cocker and he was like, You could be you could just be an artist, even if you weren't making money, you could just be on the dole. And you've got a little bit of money from being an artist, like from doing that. And you could sort of scrape a living together. So you could just be like, all right, I'm going to be an artist. I'm just going to do it that way. But that doesn't exist anymore. So now everyone's in the same boat. If you're an artist, you're working a nine to five normally and squeezing in the music around it, unless you're very lucky to make it all the time. And that's incredibly rare.
0: Yeah. it's That's an interesting part of it as well, isn't it? When you talk to musicians, it's finding out what they do is their have a job.
1: <laughs> love it, mate. Love it. I love hearing about it. I've had some, there's been some fantastic musicians that do fantastic work and are amazing at their things. And then I'm like, and then the weekend, you, what you put on this vest and cut up your sleeves. It's mad. And I love the juxtaposition of it. It's, it's so exciting and intriguing to hear how you're trying to do it. Like, I mean, there's the classic a lot of them work in music shops, they'll find something to do around music. But sometimes it's just like, yeah, I'm in advertising. And I don't tell anyone to do this, and yet you're you look on their Twitter and it's constantly just about the band, and you're like, how are you getting away with this? I love it,
0: and I like the fact that actually is it, you you mentioned the word juxtaposition there, but I I love the fact that actually sometimes with that, you know, you interview an artist, and because of other things that they do, they just go, well, actually, I'm I'm quite boring. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, I interviewed John Stewart from um, Sleeper. And oh, wow. He's like, and he was like, yeah, well, you know, I'm, I'm I'm, just an intellectual. I'm just I'm just a you know, I'm just an academic. I, I just, you know, I lecture and I write books and I don't think I don't think anyone's that interesting, really, interested in what I'm doing, really. But it's like, but oh, John, you're,
1: you're John from Sleeper. Yeah, and isn't that interesting with a wedding <laughs> present you know it's like... <laughs> but that's intriguing in itself surely the fact that he believes he's not interesting without the music um, and does that mean he puts more of himself into the music does that mean he, he's an exaggerated version of himself on stage and oh, isn't it, that it is. therefore part of it I love it I find that fascinating yeah. but Graham when have you met someone and they've reached those expectations when you've met someone who's like I wonder what they'll be like and they're exactly like you thought they'd be
0: oh yeah, it's probably easier. It is probably easier to say when I have met someone and they're completely the opposite of what I yeah. expect them to be. It is that is much easier. Who mm. who would I say I've met or spoken to, and that I think that they're Lemmy. Lemmy oh was... wow, Lemmy, Lemmy was exactly who I thought Lemmy would be. Although a, an actual gentleman, I would say. Yeah, but he was. He he just he just stood there in a room. He just stood stood out. You know, well, he just had that presence in a room of course. that was like, I, I just you know, I hold That's this incredible. room really well. Yeah, but yeah, people people that I've met, or you know, been introduced to that that are very very different. I mean, people like I knew a musician from uh, a guy called Martin Joseph, who's a who's a Troubadour that's been around for years from Wales. At one point, he was signed to Sony. Um, they wanted to make him into like a, a new sort of pop idol.
1: Yeah, but yeah. he
0: wasn't. He was a bit, a bit of a folk singer, really. And um, but a lovely chap, absolutely down to earth. A big Bruce, Spring, uh, Bruce Springsteen fan, you know, covered, did a cover album of Springsteen numbers. And such a gentle giant. And then one day he said, oh, yeah, I play golf with
1: Alice Cooper. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> God. Golf on a golf course is amazing. That should be a podcast in itself. And, and oh. you know, and there's Alice Cooper, you
0: know, outside of being Alice Cooper, is like, a, you know, a Pringle jumper wearing nice chap
1: that <laughs> with, with, with some ribs removed. Maybe it helps yeah. with a golf swing. Who knows? Yes. I don't Fantastic. know. Fantastic. I think the only one that I've done and it, and it completely was exactly what I wanted. Uh, I was, I went and, um, and I, I went to Sheffield to try and jump some support for the Lebmill mill, which is a fantastic venue, which has been under threat from the landowners. Uh, I don't know if it's settled now, but it's still running, it's still going and it's still with the same people that run it and they're fantastic. And they asked me to go do a pitch side, um, sort of like, hi, I'm Jack Wood. I'm from here, blah, blah, blah could you please donate to, uh, and sign some signatures to help save the lead mill. So it was at a Sheffield Wednesday game. And I was put in a box with, um, a few other celebrities and one was Dick and or Dom from in the bungalow. Um, his dad, Bogey! I know incredible. I, I managed to resist it so much. And the other one was, and but to my left, who came in late, Richard Hawley. Really? Yeah. And I sat there and I went, I just was like looking at him and we, and we chatted at the start of the game and we had a good chat and I was like, that'll do me. He was amazing. He was just chatting. He was lovely. He was talking about his son. His son was off to uni. He's just a really nice guy, but had that air of I'm uncomfortable. I've lived this life. I know it. And then we watched the game and he came and sat next to me and he was just complaining about Sheffield Wednesday. He's a massive Sheffield Wednesday supporter. And they, it, they were struggling in the game. So by half time he 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 went they um he went I'm not I'm not gonna go straight back up to um to watch them uh, when she, he says Sheffield Wednesday aren't a dimmer switch. It says when they're off, they're off and they're off today. So I'm not gonna go straight back up for the second half. Did you fancy a Guinness? So I sat there with Richard Hawley throughout the second half. And he just told me stories about how he's toured, how he does stuff with Elbow, how he sort of lived his life, how he just goes down to his local pub, how his son works there, how he got through COVID. And he was just like such a, just a natural energy, such a a person that's lived this life and has been in all these bands and has worked with all these people. And he was just like, he said things like, don't work with people. That treat you badly. Just don't work with people like who treat anyone badly. Just cut them out because that saves you time. And it was just like constant bits of advice. And you were like, "I am in awe of you. Can you adopt me?" Um, <laughs> what a great and he was of advice, though. What a fantastic yeah. Of advice. Well, he said it a bit uh, in a slightly different way. He says, "Call a." <laughs> is what he said. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he says, like, "I want to be the biggest <laughs> in the room, and if anyone else is, then they're not fit. They, they shouldn't be in this room." uh and he was great about it and I, and i loved it and it was just straight it's just to the point you know exactly what you wanted with that sort of artist and yeah so that was that was my that's my little clang of recent days oh that's
0: fantastic and how mm. how long ago was that that
1: was god was that <sighs> oh it might have been just the towards the end of last year maybe september yeah so yeah not that long ago no, so I
0: got some great stories from over the over the years. Um, mm. I, I think the other thing is that do you find that do you get kind of embarrassed even by the fact that some people treat musicians with any kind of, who who have you know got any kind of name, but they they treat them not as people anymore, and they they put them on such a they put them on such a pedestal that when they are interviewing them. It, it just sounds awful because it, it just sounds like, oh, oh yes, yes, it's you. I can't believe it. It's you that is here. You know, it's kind of like, hey, hang on a minute. You know, because the thing is with musicians as well is that they're big fans
1: as well, right? Oh, yeah. They, they will feel the same way you feel to them. They'll feel to another artist. Yeah. They'll be hammered. Absolutely.
0: All day long. You know? And so do do you just feel that some people, you know, in in speaking to them, it just comes across as like you're a a fan?
1: I think there's there's ways you can do it. I think ultimately you're welcome. I think you should be a fan. I think you need to find a way to be a fan. Even if the music isn't for you, I think you need to find a way to be a fan. Find a connection, I'd say. But I think the better interviews that I've heard and I've listened to and and what I try and do is that, right, don't matter what they've done. Um, What matters right now is that you're speaking to them on the same level. And if they don't want to speak to you on the same level, then they're causing the problem and you can react to it, but you've got to be on the same level as them. I'd say. That's the thing for me. A
0: lot of artists that I've interviewed have said afterwards, which is very nice of them have to say, but said, I hope that was okay because I ended up feeling like I was interviewing you as well. (laughs) And I've been like, that's perfect. For me, that's absolutely perfect because it should be a two-way sort of discussion where you're kind of picking each other's brains about stuff and you're, you know, it's almost like you are in a room discovering each other for the first Mm. time. Sounds sounds romantic. It does sound romantic, doesn't (laughs) it? And in a way it kind of is. But I think that's almost where a great interview should be I, I'm not overly keen on interviews where it's like I've got five points about you here I'm going to read those five points mm. and then you're going to react to it you know where it doesn't feel like I'm as the, as the interview develops and as you're saying something I'm listening and i'm I'm taking on that myself and I'm bringing my own experiences and my own life into this interview.
1: Yeah, I think the the best interviews I've ever seen um, are people that can you, keep a conversation going but slowly guide it towards the points they want to make. So I've had it where I've interviewed people and before, I don't know if you've ever had this, where you've had maybe their press contacts has gone, they don't want to talk about this. <laughs> don't mention that. And you go, why? That's one of the most interesting things about them. They go, they, we're no, not going to talk about it. And you think, all right. But if it comes up, they go, Don't bring it up. And you think, I'm gonna I'm not gonna bring it up, but I'll try and make them bring it up. Yep. Yeah. And then you're not in trouble. And then that's what you've got. So there are ways you can steer a conversation. So I think I think a really good interviewer, and I'm not saying I am in any way, but I think it's it's being able to listen at the same time as slowly thinking, where's this gonna go? Where's the end game? What am I trying to get them? To talk about next and how can i do that in the most natural of ways without just going list 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 if you have a list of topics you want to hit amazing if you don't hit any of them it might still be a fantastic interview because you just found other things out that are actually more interesting but if there's something you've hit on research and you want to bring it in try and bring it in as natural as you can for starters it stops that like someone that you're interviewing being on the edge like sort of Reacting, you know what I mean. They tense up if you just mm. come out of nowhere. You go like, "What about this allegation?" You know. <laughs> you go instead just if you bring it up in a natural way, in a way if they sort of can also see that it's formed and come up naturally. You don't avoid it. It's you're not trying to grill someone. You're not trying to take something from them. You're trying to let them give it freely. It's the most brilliant way to do it and then you are getting their natural side i think that's the way oh absolutely i, I read a
0: good book about that recently which was sylvia patterson's book which is um i'm not with the band i don't know if you've ever read it worth reading oh, no. if you haven't um Let's give it go. she started off with smash hits many many years ago um and then worked her way up she was uh, with enemy and uh and then she w- worked for various different uh journals etc but you know within the book she talks about that she talks about various interviews that she had to go and do and you know what well, I think the most famous one was she had to go and interview the Beckhams oh. and but the the list that came out beforehand of what you couldn't talk about and they everyone had to submit five questions and then even out of those five questions everyone was told well you can only ask, ask this but she immediately went in for <laughs> immediately went in and tried to ask a question about sex which was brilliant i just you know but that's what you have to do sometimes yeah so you have
1: I, to I, throw a curveball but isn't that super nice? in a way hasn't time changed hasn't we're, we're the podcast generation now graham you know like yeah. this is what well, this is what's changed and now suddenly the stars that have sort of were reluctantly being like oh i don't want my business spewed across the sun or whatever newspaper, I don't want it to be on that. They've suddenly gone, oh, I've listened to that podcast. That was really insightful when you did that. Let's do the same with me. I'll be open. I'll be like that. And I think people are a lot more open to having this dialogue uh, and a lot less restrictive. And people have realised that we don't want celebrities to be this unobtainable, otherworldly type figures. We want them to be who they are and flaws and all like man you want flaws everyone's flawed everyone's got their vanities and express them and and talk to people about them maybe if they're feeling like they're on the spotlight be on the spotlight with them don't just leave them hanging you're their friend in this interview as well as their interviewer you're someone that they can feel comfortable with and I think that's possibly the most important thing about an interview making sure that they're comfortable by showing that you're comfortable I think it really helps in that sense and that's probably comes back to your point about when you sort of put them on a pedestal yourself like I'm the biggest fan I can't believe I'm doing this oh my god I'm such awe I'm not so nervous suddenly they're not comfortable because you're not comfortable
0: yeah I remembered by the way a name that of someone I did speak to um, who was really exactly who I thought they would be which was Dave Stewart lovely I was very lucky. I, I I was went to Glastonbury one year and I was just going as a punter. I ended up working. <laughs> don't, ha- don't ask me how that happened. Uh, but I ended up working for a radio station. They sent me a load of equipment down to interview people backstage. Um, and it was actually an interview we didn't even have at the time, which was Shakespeare's sister. And of course, one half of Shakespeare's sister um, was the wife of dave stewart of and of course so whilst i'm in the middle of that interview dave stewart appears and sits down and he really was all that enigma yes yeah. you know but then, you know what a, what a fantastic uh, songwriter who would you in terms of people that interview musicians is there anyone you would love to interview i mean for me I'd love to have a, a conversation with Jules
1: Holland. I'd love to. I, I mean, am I not enough for you, Graham? I mean, no, stars. you are. You are, John. <laughs> <laughs> um, weirdly, yeah, I, I like the way Jules does it. Um, do you know I'm, I'm going to throw it out? is an old colleague of mine when I was at Radio X. John Kennedy is one of the most fantastic interviewers ever. Um, big shout out to him. Because if you listen to his podcast tape notes, the way he goes through with an artist, like... Um, how they build a song up and how it started. I think it's incredible. He does it so deftly and softly d- softly done that you, you don't really notice that he's doing it, but really he's he's leading them the whole way, which I think is brilliant. Um, I think who else? Do you know what? I'm going to say it. The people that make it an entertainment, I love the likes of uh, Graham Norton. I think he's brilliant when he brings someone on. He's very, very clever. Like, fantastic research team behind him, obviously. Uh, I think they really help to bring stuff out and the way he preps them, the way he's natural with them. Uh, and I think, controversially, when I've seen him do interviews, Russell Brand is an incredible interviewer. I know it's not always necessarily music. I think sometimes he does interrupt people to give his own <laughs> point across, but he always seems to bring something to it so that you feel like, even if I don't know who the artist is, I watch it, you know?
0: I think one of the things that comes over with Russell Brandt, I mean, he's incredibly well read, incredibly well read. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, for,
1: from, he, from your point of view. He's a dictionary,
0: hasn't he? Yeah. He lit, well, I think he wrote the dictionary, um, <laughs> but I, is that important to you as well? Because it's important to me. I, I read and absorb a lot and how much of that is important to you in terms of getting this right? Because I just feel that, you know, y- you can't kind of come to this without, a broader knowledge of everything that's going on
1: yeah you know I, I, mean. I think i'm very within the world i think i i try and digest as much media as i can in a lot of ways i, th- I think i enjoy doing it I, i'm not super conscious of it really i, I like i've always loved reading and, and things like that and and i always will be well researched in any band that comes to have an interview with me because i think that's only fair I'd, I'd, i want to put the same amount of effort in if i have someone who's top 10 as someone who's just starting out I want to give them that same amount of attention and love and care um but I think actually sometimes it's kind of beneficial um sometimes go right yeah I, I didn't know that and then suddenly there's a human side of you it, it depends on the type of interview you're doing if it's something for print if it's something that's really short form maybe you don't have time to be like oh I don't know that can you explain it but I, I've done a lot of long form interviews. Um, on the TV show Scruff for the Neck and a lot of the time it's nice because you'll go into a, a conversation bungalow where you sort of can't go out of anywhere and you go do you know what? I didn't know that I've learned something and that's just as great for the viewer because turns out 70% of them won't have known the same either and, and suddenly you're speaking on their behalf and I think that's really important you've got to I think the most important thing is think who's this for and it's not just for us it's for the viewer so if you think right well I don't want to alienate them. So even if there is some knowledge, maybe I do have to explain it. Or things like that, really.
0: Yeah. You do need to make sure that you know, some of the things that you already know are drawn out. Mm. You can't assume that the other person listening on the other end knows what you know. Yeah. And that's that is absolutely
1: vital. Assuming just makes an nice ass of you and me, Graham. You know that it ones. does. It really <laughs> well, it really does, doesn't it?
0: Yeah. Now listen, I've I've asked you the pertinent question about you know who you would say was a really good interviewer. Mm. Is there is there someone still left out there that you would love to interview because you just think oh they hundreds of people yeah hundreds of people it, but but if I asked you to pick only one because you know pick tomorrow one. Armageddon's happening or 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 the energy <laughs> crisis reaches you know such a theoretical point that uh, you know we just can't. Create electricity to, to broadcast anything anymore.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's it. That's Which a really is scary nice thought, isn't it? <laughs> I, I love this as a metaphor. You've gone, uh, Armageddon's happening. I'm not going to spend time with my loved ones. I'm going to make a podcast. Yeah, uh, well, <laughs> <you know. laughs> of course, media first, baby. Um, <laughs> God, that's really hard. I think for me, because I grew, I grew up with them, Alex Turner is still an enigma that's never revealed in his true self right and to have an extended period of time with him would be amazing he's someone that you'd want to spend three days with to yeah. really crack because i don't know if we've ever truly seen the depths of alex turner um so i'd find that really intriguing to we're certain, really well, get we're certainly to
0: know. continuing to hear the different sounds that are coming from him i mean it's just in a way, he kind of reminds me of a, of a sort of modern day Paul Weller. In that, mm. you know, Paul Weller was never scared to go. I'm going to experiment with my own sound, and I'm going to do, you know, I'm going to going to do the jam, and then I'm going to do the Style Council. For goodness' sake, you know, mm. he got a lot of ri- he got a lot of ribbing for for taking, you know, that path. But he's just, I mean, he's just continually gone well you know I'm going to do what I want to do and I think he's been I think both of those artists probably seen as cooler amongst their contemporaries for that
1: reason but they're actually really just happy to experiment I think time will tell I think it's it's so telling that because I grew up with Arctic Monkeys they've got a place in my heart they're not the same I know they're not the same band they were Um, and I I I luckily because i'm in music i i kind of am lucky that i want to continuously explore i don't want the same thing again would i be disappointed if i only listen to um the first album and then i listen to the latest one well, maybe but i'm like Do you know what i've got that album already so let's have something new and, and, and i and i implore but i think time will tell with the arts and monkeys where they're going to be a bowie-esque figure and mm-hmm. people will go into them being like oh my god i love their car era or oh, I love Tranquility Bass is was a real turning point. People will pick that up and it'll, it'll, it'll stand the test of time because they didn't just try and churn out the same thing. And I think a lot of bands who I love and I think are amazing, who have repeatedly done a similar sound, are just going to be like, you'll be known for that maybe one album because it's, you've repeated it. But Arctic Monkeys are going to be a band that will span generations because it, people will come back to them. And people yeah. will find them again and discover them at different eras and be like, what was your... It's like, what's your favourite Beatles era? <laughs> yeah, you, can, exactly. you can jump around. Like, I'm not saying they're that level yet, because it needs time to breathe. But are they on that sort of trajectory if they keep doing what they're doing? Definitely.
0: Uh, very much so. For me, I think it's Björk. And and Ooh. the only reason being is because... Well, the main, the main reason being is she actually managed to bring, bring David Attenborough into the world of her music I mean that's brilliant I mean David Attenborough for me is and I think for lots of people in British culture David Attenborough is just you know if he could be prime minister I mean he's a bit old for that now but if he could be (laughs) prime minister we would make David Attenborough prime minister because we trust David Attenborough you know he's he's a voice that you trust in society unlike
1: unlike most politicians um I don't want him to be Prime Minister because I actually like David Attenborough. Because you, like you, don't, you don't like him, dear. you? are never happy. <laughs> no, <we're>
0: never happy. <laughs> in charge, yeah, no so. I think you're right there, actually. It's better we not to, really. We shouldn't make him Prime Minister. But we yeah. can, We should, yeah, you know, he, he definitely is right up there. But, you know, just the fact she started off punk, she had the sugar cubes thing, you know, she went all of that early Graham Massey stuff that, you know... Uh, the 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 big beats very poppy and then you know and just continually experimenting experimenting and, and pushing music as far as you can possibly push it I just think is again it's someone that you just love to spend a bit of time with and go what's how does that mind
1: work how does that mind work well I, I guess we've come to a similar conclusion we've gone for people that we want to know more about and i guess that's what makes a good interview when you're interested so that's that's what we, we, just, we just wanted to pit brains still we're still doing our degrees graham we, we can't stop us they can't <laughs> it's always going
0: to be there do you know what it's been absolutely wonderful talking to you today um oh likewise graham it's really nice to know, meet you i think hopefully we've shed a little bit of light for some people out there on what it's like to to interview people and i don't just do music i do you know i do all sorts of things throughout the day but I, I just think um if you've got questions to ask people if you're the kind of person that's always wanting to think about the connection between different things how does that relate to that you know what is behind that not not just the surface level information but something behind it there may be viewer, you should, because there's only one, maybe you, oh, yeah. you should think about this as a career. Maybe you should think about, you could pick up a mic and interview people. Because actually, I think there's never going to be enough of us out there doing this properly. Because no, I, 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 believe, I believe this is how we find out more about who we are as humans, which is to communicate through dialogue. And I think you know. I think that's yeah, that's a very deep part of the day. I
1: know, Graham. You've gone a bit David Attenborough at the end. I like there, it. There, there you go. We will but save the planet. I knew it. We,
0: we're safer. <laughs> but
1: we, you know, don't you think? I think it's
0: important. I think I think it's totally. I think it's really important that we actually have these dialogues because that ultimately, in a way, um, we've been let down by a, a lot of what we're told these days and I think that that's the other thing that I always say to clients who I want to get into the interview space I think the other great thing about being part of dialogue is there's nowhere to hide
1: mm.
0: yeah oh, totally I think if you if you've got to, if you've actually got a truth and something to say into the world put it into a conversation because yeah. if you post something do a nice smiley. All of this sort of thing. It could be anybody's. That could be anybody's content. That could be anybody's saying. That could be anybody's truth. But if you have to answer questions on your truth, then people see whether that you're real with that or not. Definitely, man. Definitely. Well, I think we help. People. I think we help people tell their truth. That's what. Well, I, I hope we so. I
1: hope so, man. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate it it's been a pleasure meeting you my my
0: friend um everybody jack wood thanks for watching uh this is my music today it wasn't a musician it was another one of us um (laughs) (laughs) uh, if you if you like it do subscribe uh put some money in jack's pot uh because you know i like to help everybody else not me and uh, until next time bye for now thank you very much cheers buddy cheers